All of the food we eat and much of the clothing we wear comes from plants and animals that are raised on farms. Farms are different in type, in size, and even in name. Welcome to Barn Talk. What happens at the barn stays in the barn until now. We're going to let it all out for you guys. Today is a midterm mayhem election special episode. So this isn't a hot topics. It isn't a Q&A. We're just going to dive into the midterm election results. They're almost all wrapped up. I mean, I don't know what the hell's taking so long, but some of the states aren't finished up counting all the votes. We're still waiting on them to see, but we got too impatient to... We had to come up here with what we got so far to just start talking about it because we're just jonesing. So uh, we don't really know what it all means. You know, we don't know what the future holds, but we're going to talk about what we do know or what we think we know. And if all else fails, we'll just speculate. Yeah, we'll just speculate if we, if we, you know, we'll just speculate on the things that have been happening. Uh, wasn't much of a red wave. It's kind of a red trickle is the, is the gist of it. But there were some highlights. There also were some negatives, so we're going to get into all that, but before we do, if you guys get any value from the show, pay the fee. Share it out with your friends, family, coworkers, employees, whoever. Uh, it's kind of the ticket to admission to watch or listen to the show, so thank you to all that have been doing that. It really does help us out a ton, or you can also leave a review on Spotify or Apple. Uh, that's also a really good way to help us out, and uh, go get some Barn Talk merch if you want. It's It'll be in the... Link in the description if you're watching on YouTube or in the show notes if you're listening. And um, I think we're going to get a, a little bit of a market update before we get in fully, go fully po- political. We're also really dressed warm up here because we <laughs> haven't installed our uh, heaters. We got some heaters that are going to hopefully really ramp up the heat in here so we can stay in here all winter long, but we haven't installed them yet. So How many times, how many episodes have we talked about uh, we're going to get these, we're getting this heater, we're getting these heaters, we're getting this AC. We actually do have it. It's sitting on a pallet right right below you. There is a pallet. Yep. Uh, but it is dang cold. We had a, what was it, 40 degrees? Mm. So yesterday it was, middle of the afternoon, it was 75 degrees here. And uh, it's... 29 now probably 30 right around freezing but this morning it was 26 mm-hmm. damn cold and i'm i'm not out if you look at me now i i'm probably mismatching all my clothes all all different kinds of colors but i'm going for comfort and warmth rather than looks here today i'm not messing around with the so trying to look the part we're on we're on we're running on Mr. Heater right now. Yeah. We got the Mr. Heaters running. But yep. anyway, LP uh, tanks. We get this one we get this one out. Uh I think we're gonna get these puppies in. We've got wire run. Sawyer and I ran the ran the power and we just gotta get the sleeves in and get we're gonna get at least two mounted and then if that goes well we'll go ahead and mount the other two and we should be in should we should be, be in good shape. Yeah. Good shape. Yep. But before we get into our rant and raven, we'll give you a quick market update. Um, the corn, last time I looked, corn was 667 at Eddyville, so a lot of the local feeders are getting full, so their basis is backing off. Like one of the feed mills that I take a lot of corn to, if you look at that Eddyville bill, Eddyville bid at 667, that local bid's like 633, so that tells you that they're getting full and so they're just not they're not going after it near as aggressively as they were. Uh six sixty five on the board. Beans have been headed up uh fourteen forty two at the river and fourteen fifty two on the board. So that's only ten cents. So I don't know how the how the level in the Mississippi and the barge traffic, I don't know how that's affecting other places, but it's not it hasn't had much effect around here yet, anyway. Um Bean meal four oh four a ton, wheat's eight oh two, hogs eighty four bucks, cattle one hundred and fifty two dollars. Tesla has gotten absolutely murdered. Uh, apparently, uh, Elon had to sell some shares at the bottom to uh, fill in the gap at Twitter because Twitter's got a big a big hole to fill. Uh, company's not in very good shape. He probably overpaid for it, and then you got a bunch of people that are boycotting it, and advertisers are getting skittish, and so it's just it's a tough it's a tough sledding over there at 
at uh, Twitter. And it, as a result, dragging down Tesla, I would buy. I would, uh, I would buy if I had money to buy. This is not investment advice. No investment advice. But for me personally, this is a buying situation. Uh, one of the big crypto exchanges. Here, here's something you're going to see as we go forward. As the world has run on cheap money, you've heard us talk about it. So many businesses that could borrow money so cheaply uh, really didn't worry a whole lot about profit, um, not nearly as much as they should have. And a lot of these crypto exchanges, um, they were running on venture capital and cheap money, and now then they're having to make payments, and their interest expense is getting pretty high. And one of the biggest crypto exchanges, I think it's called FTX, um, it's going bankrupt. And so as a result, uh, the sky's falling in crypto and everybody's, you know, crying that it's a Ponzi scheme and pyramid scheme and this and that. And so there's going to be a bunch of fallout from it at the end of the day. Uh, probably going to buy more Bitcoin. Yeah, uh, it, it really does seem like the crypto is kind of be it's kind of like the dot com era when it first started yes. because FTX is the company you know it went bankrupt and pretty much everybody figured out they didn't have enough money in reserves to pay back everybody when they wanted to trade their crypto into money and once the word got out that oh shit they might not have enough reserves everybody that had money had crypto bought from their exchange FTX they're like oh shit we're gonna try to get our money back and then it just blew up in their face. Um, and Binance actually tried to go purchase them, but then looked at their financials and went, said, holy no. shit, we're not doing that. No. So I don't know. I think FTX is, I think they're done. What I, was like, what was one of the good, what was like Google before Google that just didn't make it? You remember, oh, um, like, um, uh, well, was there a certain website that was trying to be Google, but just well, shit before, the bed before it, when it all started, it was, it was AOL. AOL was the. They were the pioneer of getting on that that old the 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 sound of dial up was like AOL's um, and they ended up I mean they went basically broke they got actually bought by Time Warner bought AOL um, I can't remember all of the companies that went uh, there some of them are still around they just lost a tremendous amount of their stock value like I. JDS, Uniface, Qualcomm, Broadcom, Cisco, all those all those companies went through a period where it, it was questionable whether or not they were going to make it, and a lot of them didn't, but the ones I just named, I think they all ended up making it, but um, huge drop in their stock price. And, I mean, one of the things about this, the story of FTX, is that, isn't that it, FTX? I think it's FTX. FTX, yeah. Um, people are saying that it should be illegal. I mean, the whole thing about crypto is, you know, it's not relying on the government. It's, you know, it's freedom if we can govern it ourselves correctly. But a lot of people think that this guy should go to prison, which I kind of feel like he probably should too. But the government's not involved. Right. So he could get away with stealing a shitload of people's money and not be able to give it back to him. I mean that's that's the thing. He didn't have enough money in reserves, but what do you do? Like, but there's no governance of it, yeah. Um, which that's what people are crying about. But I I think these deals. It's always interesting to me because you there's probably going to be a lot of pressure brought by people that lost a lot of money. But on the front end of this, when crypto was running hard and money was cheap, did anybody force any of these people? to get on their exchange and to buy crypto on that exchange. Mm -hmm. And then how many people have been told, how many times have people been told, and you've heard me say this, if it's not your keys, it's not your crypto, do not leave your crypto on an exchange. Get it off the exchange. Get it in a hardware wallet. And the other thing is, these people, uh, the, the popular thing lately has been in the past year or so has been this staking where you can stake your crypto which is oversimplified you're you're loaning your crypto and they're paying you a return on it and that's what happened a bunch of people had crypto on that exchange and they had it staked so in other words they were letting them use the value that use their crypto as collateral 
and they didn't have they didn't have any collateral. They had it all pl- more. They had more debt than what they had collateral. But my point is, all these people were more than happy to buy crypto, leave it on an exchange, not be responsible for it, and then, okay, we're going to talk about this later. Basically, there's a shitload of people that fucked around and found out. And now they've lost money and they're screaming that this guy needs to go to prison and that the government needs to come save Well, yeah, I'm all about personal responsibility on that. I mean, that's that was your decision to hop on there. It's your decision to buy the crypto. Now you want the government to come bail you out. Think you're shit out of luck. But it's just something to think about for future exchanges. You know, yes, definitely. it's a conversation that you got to bring up. Should the government be involved on some level? I don't know. I personally don't. I think government regulates too much and makes things harder than they than it needs to be. But this is one of those situations where it there could be a place for government, hopefully at a small level. But yeah, definitely take personal responsibility if you didn't. If you buy crypto, get it off an exchange. Yeah, I don't care what exchange you use. Get it off there. Get it in a hardware wallet. Because if you, the people that did that, the people that used the exchange, got it off sitting in a hardware wallet. They didn't lose any money. Yeah. The, well, well, they, they lost, lost value. They lost value, right? And you know what? I can tell you this: if Bitcoin goes to zero, I don't think it's going to. I think it'll endure this just fine. If Ethereum goes to zero, I've got some money invested in that, and I'm not going to be very. I'm not going to be very damn happy. But I'm not going to go crying to anybody to come bail me out of my own stupidity. Well, at that point, you might as well just keep it because you just never know what it's going to do. Well. I mean, I don't, I think long-term the future's bright for what, there's a lot of these, there's a lot of these coins that have got to get sorted out and you can call them shit coins, whatever. A lot of that is going to go to way, go away, just like the dot-com thing. Yeah. It's all going to get sorted out. And when it's done, you're going to have winners, the Googles, the Apples, the Teslas of crypto that have, have use cases that are practical that will get adopted that will get used and those cryptos will thrive yeah but we got to get through all the crap gotta get through the shit and on this cheap money thing before we get going on uh politics and this is tied a little bit but this is a very interesting little tidbit and i'm stealing this from peter zion because i just listened to this before i came over here he was getting on a plane to fly somewhere from where he lives and he was talking about the cost of interest and he was flying American Airlines, and he said that because of the, the, the way interest has moved, American Airlines is an example of a large company that did not worry enough about making a profit because they could borrow money so cheaply. They are so far in debt that their interest payment on the money they have borrowed today with interest rates where they are is greater than all the money they will gross or what their gross profit is for this year. So they're Holy they're screwed. Shit. So basically he just said, well, American Airlines won't be American Airlines very long because they they made the bet that they scale, could scale, expand scale, scale. and buy and go and scale and money was going to be cheap. And they fucked around and found out. Yeah. So it's going to be a theme of this show. It is because that's where we're out. headed. That yeah. is where we're headed. So that's a good that's a good tie in yeah. to uh, oil's about the same. Gold's gone up a little bit. Silver's gone up a little bit. That's about it. Stock markets had a hell of a time. It was up hard yesterday. Um, I don't know where it is today, but anyway, stay the course. Buy shit you believe in. Take care of your own stuff. Be responsible. Long term, I'm still bullish. Short term, it's going to be bumpy ride. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Yeah. So we'll get right into the politics stuff. We're going to start out with a win and I don't care what side of the aisle you are if you look at this guy uh, he looks like a real American leader that could help our country in a massive way and really I think bring people together and just looks like a strong leader Florida Florida was a absolute freaking red that was a red wave Florida was an absolute red wave um, and DeSantis killed it and he delivered an amazing speech that was just spot on spot on with i think i hope a lot of americans could resonate with and i i think that he is now the face of the republican party i think donald trump really needs to take a step back and just let him let him go let desantis be the 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 horse 
trotting down with the fucking cart. Let him be the guy. Let him let him take the reins because he he people really seemed to really like him. He turned Florida around, and he was really kind of against the norm during COVID. But man, it it turned out to be kind of the right decision. It looks like, yeah, in hindsight. And he carried uh, he carried Miami Dade County, which no Republicans carried that, and I don't know how long. And you know what? He has done a great job um, articulating to people when he has made a policy change, he has done a great job articulating that to regular citizens of Florida as to why he did that and how that in turn af- affected them to where they could see, okay, this is why this is good for me. And the other thing, he is not hes not a showboat. He's not doing this. Yeah, talk about that a little bit because yeah. off-air dad told me this story. And so it's, it's, this is a good example of Ron Santos. So when, um, when that education was, bill was passed in Florida, basically uh, saying they weren't going to teach um, critical race theory, or I think more, I think, actually, I think it was the provision that they weren't going to uh, teach kids younger than eighth grade anything about gender or sex, transgenderism, sex, whatever. And it was a big deal. And, um, I think they, they, the, the left promoted it as the don't say gay bill. Is that don't say gay. Mm -hmm. And they had a whole big thing about it. And Disney hopped on that and Disney came out against it. And, you know, they're based, they have one of their biggest theme parks is in Florida and they put their two cents in. And I think, I think the CEO of, uh, Disney called DeSantis and basically told him, you know, that they're pissed off. DeSantis didn't say anything about doing this. He just simply turned around, and a lot of people don't know this. I didn't know this, but one of the incentives that Disney theme parks and resorts had in the state of Florida was they did not pay uh, local they did not pay any fee for local services. In other words, they didn't pay property taxes and they didn't pay for fire, uh, fire rescue. Um, I can't remember all this stuff. All that stuff. Yeah. So Disney actually had its own. They let them run that resort as like it was its own town. It had its own fire department. It had its own police department, all this stuff, but it didn't pay any of these taxes. And their agreement was written when the parks were first built and it had expired that I I think it had an expiration date on it and nobody had ever renewed it it was just kind of a this is how it's always been and DeSantis is like well if you're going to play that game you could start paying us taxes on all this stuff and if you don't like it I guess you can leave Florida and he didn't announce it he didn't come out and say hey you know if you don't back off I'm going to do this he just did it. He just did it. And then the fallout was, you know, everybody at Disney was just, they were just mortified and they couldn't believe it and all this. But that tells you the character of DeSantis in that he didn't do it as a PR stunt and milk all the publicity out of he could. He just did it. And I feel like... He's in it for the right reasons. I feel like he is in it for the right reason. Um, and the other thing is... The just the momentum that he has and the strength of that win. I mean, he won by double digits. It wasn't even. It was not even close. What was it? Eighteen percent. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Something like that. Um, and the upside of that is Florida is not a swing state. And if he does decide to run, you pretty much got Florida in your pocket, mm-hmm. which that's an advantage uh, mm-hmm. for him. Um, and the other thing about him is he can get a very strong vice presidential candidate where I don't think Donald Trump, if he was to run and get the nomination, one thing about Trump is he pretty his ego is pretty strong and he's gonna he's gonna get a vice presidential nominee like Mike Pence, that is... Level-headed. Well, that's very... 
Yeah, just not a strong individual. Yeah, might be very intelligent, might be good, but it's not. He's not going to get a strong personality. Lake. He's not going to get a Carrie Lake. He's not going to get a um, uh, Kim Reynolds. Yeah. He's not going to get a the gal that just went independent that you like so well. Um, Tulsi, Tulsi Gabbard. Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard. Trump's not going to get any of those people. DeSantis very well could put together a coalition like that. Yeah. So the night, you know, election night started out. And it looked very positive. And Florida turned out, in my opinion, to be the biggest highlight. I think the yeah. biggest highlight. And I think the other great thing about Florida was black and Hispanic communities. I think it was a lot of them voted Republican, like more, most than, more than from a long time. Yeah. Like, more than they realized a long time, yeah. That they've been told, they've been fed this line of shit for mm-hmm. ever that the that the Democrats are their only hope. And yeah. they're, a lot of these people, are they're out of hope. Yeah. Because nothing has been done for them. Right. So you contrast that, you had all that momentum, and then we got to Pennsylvania, which I have to be honest, like I didn't pay any attention to after the debate when I saw Fetterman. Same. Because I was like, nobody is going to an ele- going to elect an empty vessel that might or might not have cognitive problems. Not sure. Don't know. Well, I don't know sure why you didn't think that because that's who we voted for president. Well, <laughs> so my opinion of that is, and I guess has it has it been called? Uh, I think it has been called. I think he won. I mean, he kicked well, I mean, Oz's ass. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't even close, I don't think. When so, I last time I looked, he was up a, a tremendous amount, which I just couldn't even believe. That's my biggest surprise of the whole midterm elections is Fetterman. I just cannot fathom people voting for that guy when he doesn't look like he is in the best shape at all and his debating skills were fucking terrible. Terrible. Yeah. Not I, even like terrible. So, so bad. I guess before we draw our conclusions, I mean, there's other examples. So the Georgia race, uh, Herschel Walker, that's going to be a runoff between those two. There again, I'm surprised that that was as close as it was, but it was. Carrie Lake in Arizona for governor, I really didn't think that would be close. Yeah, that's still going on right now. I think. They're still counting. I, I I saw something on Twitter today that they have three hundred thousand or so votes left to count there, and it's it's a really close race. But God, I love some Carrie Lake. She is a badass. Yeah. I I think she is a great great candidate, and I really hope that she can pull it out because she coming from that media background, yeah. man. If you listen to a press conference of her, it's just. She is a badass, yeah. and I love it. And she's an Iowa native, so yeah, that's right. That's I forgot cool. about that. I didn't. You you told me that. Yeah, but um, just a a lot of there just wasn't enough momentum to push these candidates over the over the goal line, and I take the governor of Illinois, like who in their right mind looks at the state of Illinois where they're at, what he's done or not done, and think, yeah, let's just keep going down that road. But you have to ask yourself, from an outsider looking in, apparently half the people in the state of Illinois are happy with the way things are. I shouldn't say that because it's entirely based on... Chicago drives it. Chicago... The, the rest of Illinois is just basically held hostage by Chicago because Chicago has the votes, it has the population, and everybody else is just along for the ride. But within the city of Chicago or within that area, you cannot tell... I mean, yes, apparently people think he's doing a good job. And so what that tells me is, you know, I'm naive in the fact that I think as a country, I thought as a country there was going to be this big group of people that are going to wake up and say well what we got ain't working i'm voting for the alternative yep but apparently we didn't get that. i guess we haven't had enough bad shit go wrong for people to wake up now the other like side it. of that you and i were talking about was 
quality of candidates. Yeah, and that's something Ben Shapiro actually put on Twitter. I, I follow Ben. He's not my favorite, I guess you'd say, political personality, but I think he did have a point in the fact that, and this is something that I didn't really look into. I only really looked into it in Iowa because that's the state that I'd be voting in, but candidate quality. Did we have enough great candidates on the Republican side to really stack up against the Democratic can- Democratic candidates? I don't I don't know. I, I guess I didn't look into the Republican candidates across the board in the nation uh, good enough to know that. But I think I, I'm I'm not saying I'm not saying that one one state with a Republican would have been a better candidate than the Democrat. I I, I don't know because I didn't do enough research in a, in, a, in any given state. But the thing that I preached the most on our last uh, when we talked about midterms coming up was just you know, vote for this person that's going to be pro-freedom, that's in it for you, that's not going to take a, you know, get bought by the establishment and vote on a certain bill after they get a paycheck, you know. That's, that's what we got to get the money out of politics. We got to get real Americans in there. And that could have been a Democrat. That could have been Republican. That was the main goal. I, I, I was hoping that people would vote that way. So, you know, I don't want to be one side of the aisle or the other, but like the Fetterman deal, just go back to that. I mean, that guy's like you said, he's an empty vessel. He, so all he's going to do is get in there, and I think he's going to be bought. However, whoever's going to give him the most money, he's just going to vote however they need him to vote, and he's just going to take the money. He's going to take ex- the money. I explain it to people that he's going to be like that. He's going to be like that freshman quarterback that they give him the armband with all the plays on it. He's going to have all the what he how he's supposed to vote. And every bill that comes up, he's gonna see. Oh yeah, I'm voting this way. And and that's I the shit we got. That's the shit we got. That's the shit we cannot vote for. That is the shit that we just cannot afford to vote for. And I will about guarantee you. And somebody will remind me of this at some point. I would love to know if you're from the state of Pennsylvania when this gets rolling. How much legislation does this Fetterman introduce that he himself? comes up with a bill or an idea to help the state of Pennsylvania. In a positive way. I'd be willing to bet you none. Because I don't think that he's I don't think he's a thinker. I think that he literally is a rubber stamp for the machine. Now I could be wrong, which goes to your point. If he if he is if he thinks for himself and he is beholden to the people that elected him and wants to help the the citizens of Pennsylvania, then I'll eat my words. But I sure don't feel like that he that he is that guy. I feel like he is one hundred percent an establishment uh candidate and it's That's just more shit. of the same. That's the shit we can't have happen. Yeah, and there could have been some Republican candidates that are in the same boat where they're they're just gonna get paid and they're gonna vote and they're just gonna be bought by the establishment. They're gonna be bought by the Republican Party. There could be there. I guarantee there's there's some in in some state somewhere. I just didn't know enough about the candidates nationwide to know that. But I just hope people did their due diligence in looking into is this person an actual American that's for the people and by the people and is for American freedom, or is this person going to be an empty vessel? Yeah. I hope you voted for the person that's going to do right by the American people and not be an empty vessel, whether it be a Democrat or whether it be a Republican. That's that's the shit we have to get back to. It's the shit we have to get back to. And I was gonna bag on Nancy Pelosi getting reelected, and I I find she's in the same boat. I don't know how I don't know how you can look at her unless you're getting inve- unless you're following her husband's investments in which you're profiting very well. But um, I stopped myself of that because it's kind of like Chuck Grassley in my home state here of Iowa. If you're over 65 years old, I don't think you should be in office. I think you need to get out of the way and let somebody else get in there. And Chuck Grassley, I voted for him because I wasn't going to vote for the other guy because he doesn't represent my views. But I sure I sure wish that somebody... And the only reason he ran, he was going to retire when he won the last time he was going to retire. But guess what? quality of candidates the republican party's like i don't know if we got anybody that can that can win they evidently weren't confident that they had somebody to fit in that spot 
Mm-hmm. And so they're like, Chuck, you got to run one more time. You got to, you got to run. And I'll give him credit. He's in, he's in great shape and he's smart and he can articulate. And I watched him debate and he's pretty sharp, but got to get some new ideas. Get these people out of here. Yeah. And whether it be Nancy Pelosi, whether it be Chuck Schumer, whether it be uh, Charles Grassley. I mean, get these guys out of here and get some new ideas. Mm-hmm. And uh, side note, uh, if you are going to run for office, I don't care what office, just know that if you pick some real, uh, what you perceive to be savvy uh, tagline for your campaign, just know that if you don't win, you're going to get stuck with that for life. So the guy that ran against Chuck Grassley, every sign he put out said, what was his name? Michael Friend, I don't even know what his name was, but it said, Michael whatever can beat Chuck Grassley. Well, guess what? He didn't. I'm pretty sure everybody in his hometown when he goes to the coffee shop, they're going to pat him on the back and go, uh, I guess you can't. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, you, I guess can. you can't beat him. So he's going to be stuck with that. So yeah. just be just be cognizant uh when you run, if you run a campaign, pick something that's not going to haunt you forever. If it yeah, doesn't work. that'd be terrible. So, uh, I guess the other thing that I'd say, and it's back to kind of your point of, do these people just they're just voting for the stat? Like, is this how these their pe- these people are happy with what's going on? Right. I mean, is that what's really is that really what was happening? Is people really voted because they like what's going on? Truly, what I think it comes down to, a lot of people in this country. They get manipulated by media. They get manipulated by uh, by uh, social media, and they get fed this bullshit about all the social problems that we got going on: abortion, gun laws, and uh, they put those over the real shit that every American family is facing right now when it comes to inflation, prices of groceries, prices of gas, uh, f- you know, foreign policy, how we're handling all that shit. I mean. The stuff that's really, really matters when you're sitting down at the dinner table, they're putting these social problems like abortion and um, gun laws ahead of the shit that every American is is feeling right now. Yeah. And I just can't, for the life of me, understand why, but I I truly believe it's because they just get spoon-fed this shit all the time. They get spoon-fed it. And it's not. it's easy to talk about abortion and gun laws and manipulate people that way, but it's not easy to understand inflation and, and foreign policy and, and economics and, and the debt and printing money and all that stuff. It's not easy to explain that, but it's easy to explain the abortion and manipulate that a lot better than, you know, what's actually going on with the money supply. Emotions. Et people, people, I yes. mean, we're all that way. We all get, emotion is what gets the biggest emotional subject, social ju- social subjects get the biggest um and I, emotional response and i'm not saying there's no there's no room for those issues but right now with where we're at you got to sit down and you got to really think what is affecting the american people the most and who is going to help us out with those issues well that's what you got to find out and i really don't think the left right now is trying to solve those issues. They're almost trying to make it worse. And so I I just I just can't fathom why you sit and you sit here and you wonder you're just like well, how can people not see it or understand it? But I just don't know. I think it's just because they see it every day. They get spoon-fed that shit and they don't really have perspective, I guess. I, I don't know. I don't I, know what the fuck's a problem. I don't know. I don't either. I don't either. But I I have kind of come, I've come to, so I've come to acceptance. So I, election night came and the results are the results. And I have resigned myself to the idea that half of this country doesn't care about what I care about, which that's fine, but I am not to give, like we were talking before we went on, to to give the Mel Robbins answer, you all better realize nobody's coming. 
So I don't care whether you are a very liberal state like Illinois, New York, California, or you're a very conservative state like Iowa, now Florida, Texas. All, the problems are still coming. How This election didn't change and this election is not going to fix any of it. Obviously, it's not. So we were best going through Best the, case scenario, it's a gridlock. Yeah, best case scenario, it's a gridlock. We were looking at the numbers on the House of Representatives and the Senate, and if the if the Republicans get the House of Representatives, they're still not going to have a supermajority. They're going to have a minor majority, I think. And in the Senate, I think may, very well may end up being exactly the way it was, or the Republicans might end up gaining one seat. Um, I don't know. It's too many races are still too close to call. But best case scenario, it's gridlock. But at gridlock, nothing's going to get fixed. And I feel like I feel like society, we may be beyond the point where it can be fixed without a lot of people going through a lot of pain. Maybe all of us. Maybe all of us. Maybe this economy and our our way we do things is going to have to get hammered a lot harder for people to gain to, some perspective. For people to put in front of them what is really important over worrying about social issues. Because the the thing I go back to is if you are most worried about transgenderism or social justice or, well, social justice encumbers all that. Um, uh, Abortion. You, well, whatever it is, whatever it is, here's the thing. Those programs that you want to be funded and all that money that you want to go to all these things to help all these people that can't have a job or shouldn't have to worry about getting a job and that should pay for whatever surgery they want or whatever drug they want or whatever, when there's no money left because your economy is just completely shit and the amount of money that your government is spending versus the amount of money that they are receiving and the money that you have printed has become worthless... When you get to that point, none of these social programs matter because there's no money to pay for them. And I don't know, but I feel like we're to the point where it all comes down to, it all comes back. It is going to have to start with you and I. It is going to have to start with your school board, your local board of supervisors, your local city council, it's going to have to start with you. and Because nobody's coming. Because nobody's coming. The government continues to fail us. They continue to go in gridlock. They're making things work. They get in gridlock. They solve issues. Then they, one side says they're going to solve these issues. They solve it the way they want. And then the other side comes in, gets elected, and they tear down what that person just did, and they do it a different way. And then we just keep going in this cycle. Well, let's be happens. honest. There's a hell of a lot of stuff that nobody fixes at all. They nope. don't. They don't fix it They're at all. They don't even it. try because They're, they want to run on it. Yeah, they want to fundraise. The border. On it. So abortion, the border, the debt. Those three gun subjects laws. right there. Gun laws, hundred percent. Each time that either party has had the ability, had the votes, had the branches of Congress to do anything about it, they have chose not to do it because they would rather raise money, they would rather fundraise than fix the problem. And that is Republican, and that is Democrat. That is politicians at their best. And that's where we're at. It, none of it is going to get fixed. So it's going to have to get fixed at the local level. And you're seeing it. You're seeing these states that are diverging. You see what's happening in Florida the state of Iowa was a red. It's a hundred percent red state. I I mm -hmm. don't I don't know. I guess I don't. If know If it's not a hundred percent, it's damn near. It's damn near. Uh, what North Dakota or South Dakota, Texas? Um, there's others around as far as that goes. But you're seeing a divergence in policy between these states, and 
as that gets greater, the tension between states is only going to grow. And I don't know where that all ends either. But as a country, we are losing more and more common ground, I feel like. And that's a bad place to be. It's just a bad bad place place to be. Uh, Back to the the social problems for one more second. Uh, I just had something else I thought about to say on that. I think abortion and gun laws are such an easy thing to gain momentum on and really promote because lives are on the line. Lives are at stake on both those issues. They want to, if you're a Democratic Party, they talk about gun laws, they bring up school shootings. Then they bring up, you know, abortion in itself, you're talking about babies' lives, either side of it. So there's a lot of emotion involved with those. There's lives involved with those, those issues. Inflation, the economy... It's all indirect. It's all indirect. There's not very much emotion connected to those terms versus the others. And, and so you- it's easier to make an advertisement that has those topics in it with that have that much emotional connection with the people watching versus the other thing. And who's your swing vote? Who is the vote? Who are the people? Suburban white women, baby. 100%. 100%. That's your vote. That's who moves the election because your men that are liberal and your men that are conservative, your minorities... They're, for the most part, those blocks vote the same way every time. The swing vote is suburban women. And to a to a high degree, suburban white women. Yeah. But suburban women in general, and they are emotional. They're emotional by nature. And all both sides, they know that. And that's why they push those, those buttons. They push those buttons... And they push those subjects because that's, and that's right or wrong, it's driving us in a bad direction because we're spending way too much time uh, dealing with shit that's never going to get fixed at the expense of things that could be fixed, but we we don't have any political will to do it. Yeah, at the end of the day, those subjects, those topics, those those problems, whatever you want to say, they have a seat at the table. But when the economy is shit, that needs to be the main course. <laughs> Yeah. The social problems can be the side dishes. The fucking state of the country and how we're growing economically needs to be at the forefront of all of our fucking minds because every American's being affected by that on every fucking level. Every single one. Yeah. So where are we going to go from here? Well, I guess you talked about it a little bit. I just want to say uh, I'm very glad Kim Reynolds uh, kicked ass here in Iowa. Yes. She handled herself very well the last couple of years and i think a lot of iowans are proud to have her serving again 100 we came through covid so much better than so many states yeah absolutely she took a beating on that she held she, strong yep she did she'd be a great vp uh candidate except i don't want her to go i know i don't want her to go either <laughs> but she would she, she would i think be. she'd be she'd be steady she'd be a good yep. uh, sidekick to whoever ran as president so you got you got my vote if you go for it. So, um, yeah, I guess we'll get back to the you know the theme of the show for this one. Our country, it's playing fuck around and find out, and we're getting to the point where we're getting into the finding out stage. Yeah. I mean, we really are. It, it's gonna get tough because I, I'm glad that what didn't happen is there. The Democratic Party is gonna have the majority. I think we're it's going to get to gridlock or where either side's going to have a little bit of majority but still not shit's going to get done. It's going to be gridlocked. Because I really was worried if if it went all the way left and they had the majority still, yeah. they were waiting all the way right. No, I'm saying if it went all the way left oh. like it has been. Yep. I think they were waiting these first 2 years to do some really radical shit because they knew these were coming. Yep. And if they would have won really won and had the majority again after midterms, yep. they would have fucking put the gas pedal down and got as much shit they wanted to get done as possible. And if the Republicans, if it would have been a red wave, I can guarantee you that everything that has happened in the economy, how we're not in a recession, it's fine, don't worry about it, inflation's transitory, 
if the Republicans would have won, that would have changed on a dime. And every day, a Democrat would be out there talking about how the Republicans are responsible. And we are in a recession. It's getting worse every day. And it's getting worse because of their lack of leadership and because they're not passing the stuff that the president wants to get passed. And he's the only one that can save us. But he really can't do anything because the Republicans are screwing it up. That's what they'd be saying. So yep. as a result, now then, it's going to just be more of the same. Uh, nobody really can blame anybody, and they'll stick their heads in the sand and just, I guess they'll blame Jerome Powell. Yeah, so I think what's what what's next is it's going to be more of the same. It's going to be more of the same in this country. It's going to work itself out, but I think we're going to continue to go down. Uh, economy's going to continue tough. to go down. Uh, whatever happens with Russia and Ukraine, that's still playing out. We don't know what's happening there, but foreign policy, what happens on the world stage, that could have a, some big big effects here in America and make things worse. So it really comes down to what you said. We have to get involved on our local level. We have to set the standard of what, it's, what it means to be an American. Uh, we have to get back to American values, freedom. Uh, we have to vote people in that aren't going to take a fucking handout and paycheck and be an empty vessel. Um, we can't be timid. We can't be timid. We gotta. We've been timid for too long. I think. I think we've just been too timid and we're not speaking out. When, like, I, like, there's there was talks in 2020 of election fraud, and now there's more shit being talked about here in midterms about election fraud. That's something that I don't give a fuck what side you're on. You can bicker about it either way. That's something that shouldn't even be fucking have to be discussed. That is something. That if we cannot even think that the elections are fair on either side, that is a real fucking problem. And if that happens again in 2024, when we have the technology to have amazing websites, amazing, we have robots, cars that drive themselves, all this shit, you're telling me we can't get uh, ballot computers, an accurate count, ballot computers that aren't going to shut down. I mean... That is a serious issue that if it goes into 2024 and there's another discussion about potential election fraud, we got we to gotta stop being little bitches and stand up and say, what the fuck was going on? We need to get this figured out because if we don't, it's just going to continue to spiral. It's just going to continue to spiral. And that's just one example, but good yeah. Lord. And I think what what I'll say to your point about about starting at the local level. There was a guy, there was a pundit, a political pundit, that after the results were in on Florida, he said that he can never go to Florida now. And the reason is because now then, Florida is a racist, homophobic, Zionist, misogynist, I can't remember anything he said. Transphobic, homophobic. You name it. And State. To be in. Yeah, they just you can't go there because it's just dangerous. It's dangerous. And the thought of being there was... Um, crippling. Yes, him. crippling is crippling what he said. Crippling to him. Crippling. Okay. That is an example of how soft our society has become. And we have a generation now of people that cannot even deal with adversity in the slightest way. And I'm telling each and every one of you, not only do you need to get involved at your local level, but you need to be responsible to yourself that you are going to take steps to be more self uh, sustainable sustainable you can take care of yourself that you have skills learn how learn how to change your oil learn how to change your tire uh, there's a great there's a great clip a guy uh, I don't know what his name is he's an older guy and he trains he trains people how to use guns and he's got a he's got a place out in the desert and people come from all over 
uh, groups of people, private security people, because he's really good at what he does. And he tells this story about this woman came and she literally had a driver that brought her. And the reason she came is because her husband paid to have him train her how to use a handgun. And she came there, and of course, this is not this is not a spa. It's nothing special. It's purpose built training facility. They do close quarters combat. They do uh, range, you know, target practice, all that stuff. How to run a automatic weapon, handguns, you name it. And she came in, looked around, and she's like, "I'm not doing any of this. I'm leaving." He's like, "Suit yourself, whatever." He goes, "I don't care." He goes, "Your husband's already paid me." And she's like, "What?" He's like, well, there's a deposit. I already got your husband's money. I don't care if you learn anything or not. And she started to get agitated. And he said, listen, lady, he goes, if you don't want to learn, that's fine. But when they shoot your bodyguard, they're going to shoot you too. Because if you got enough money that you got a driver and you have kids, they're going to take the kids. They're not going to kill the kids. They're going to take the kids because your husband will pay to get the kids back. He ain't going to pay if they just take you. And they know that. They're just going to shoot you and leave you. That's what he told her. She turned out to be one of his best students because she thought that through. She thought that through and she realized that was very harsh. Very logical. But it's probably true. Yep. I say that just to say to each and every one of you that when we say nobody's coming to help you, we're heading to times where we can't help each other if we can't take care of ourselves. And that's not necessarily saying each one of us has got to be Rambo and we got to have our concealed carry and have 10 guns and be a freaking badass. But it starts with, okay, if the power goes out, can I make it, can I make it eight hours until the power comes back on without having to run to the grocery store or having a panic or do I know how to start a fire? Do I have a, do I have a, a way to keep warm? Do I have, you know, all these little things that we all take for granted. We need to be responsible to ourselves that we can take care of ourselves so that we can take care of each other. And, and stop these, playing the fucking victim card. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, if it gets bad enough, again, nobody's coming. And if you don't learn anything, you don't learn how to take care of yourself, and the truck stopped coming, the plumber stops coming, the power guy stops coming, the you the, name it. The landscaper stops coming, stop coming, and the city's going rampant and you don't know what the fuck to do and you don't know what you're what you're screwed. Yeah. You're screwed and you got nobody else to blame but yourself. Yeah. That's and that's the the simple hard truth is. So if a guy we, couldn't even go to fucking Florida because he feels so intimidated by how the fucking state voted, he feels crippled by even walking into the to the state of Florida because of how they voted. I mean, is that is that what is that what most people mindsets are? Well, if that's how he truly feels, then if we head to a time where there is real problems in this country, he will simply be a person that will sit down on he the He would have been, he would have been, if he was in that woman's shoes, he would have still left. Yes, he would have gotten in the car and left. Because 100%. he still got the truth, but it would have been too hard for him. He would have left. It. Didn't receive, he wouldn't have received it. He would have just left. Yeah, I, uh, it's just, I know that's kind of a, you know, how politics leads to that, but that's kind of where we are in this country. We, we have, we have taken for granted for so long that we can elect people to do the hard things. We, we have people that join the armed forces that keep us safe, and Veterans Day is coming up, and so uh, this may come out before or after Veterans Day, but uh, thank you to all those that have served yes. in um, this you. country. You know, it's firmly standing on the shoulders of all the people that fought and died to defend the freedoms that now we just kind of trample all over and take for granted. But few of us do. I don't know. Few yeah. of us do. Most, some of us don't, though, still. Our system runs so well that we've been lulled into apathy. And one wheel comes off, and I mean, it could be anarchy and 
in a matter of days. And we're each one responsible for that not happening in our own communities. So yes, it's important to vote, but it's more important to be involved in your local community and be be the person that knows some shit, that knows yeah. how to fix some shit, that yeah. knows that has a few things on hand, that has a first aid kit, that knows, that knows how to a use few a things. first aid kit. Yeah. It's yeah. actually open it, and don't just go buy the first aid kit, and put it in your car, and then not know any of the stuff that's in it or how to do it. Like yeah. actually use it. Yeah, and I mean it's it's back to you know we think a lot of people are soft nowadays. It's also just seeking discomfort. I know that's a little cheesy, and that's something that's been thrown out there a lot. You got Goggins, you got Jocko, you got Andy Frisella, you got all these guys that talk about seeking discomfort. It's the truth, though. To stop being a soft-ass motherfucker, you have to seek discomfort. You have to sweat. You have to do shit that is hard that you're going to suck at, that you're going to fail at. That's the only way you get better, and that's the only way you harden yourself. That's the only way you become a hard-nosed motherfucker, truthfully, yeah. that can withstand the storms that come in life. You have to be, you have to do hard shit. You have to endure tough stuff and harden yourself. And there's people... There's people. It is no different than when we talk about, you know, being, starting something on your own or making a change or taking that step. There's always those people that are going to tell you everything that you did wrong, everything that could go wrong. And I wanted to read this last week, but I didn't get it done. So this is, you know, everybody asks you, oh, what's your, what's your quote? You know, what's your favorite quote? And for a long time, I never had one, probably because I, couldn't remember one but um i don't know probably 10 years ago maybe 15 years ago i heard this and it really resonated with me and this is a quote from teddy roosevelt and um it, it he gave this speech in france after he was um out out of the presidency but it's called the man in the arena and i think it speaks perfectly to kind of where we are at um and to the audience that's listening to this podcast because this is this is you are this kind of person so it's not the critic that counts not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better it is the credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood who strives valiantly who errs who comes up short again and again, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly, so that his place is never with, and this is my favorite part, his place is never with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory or defeat. And that, I fucking love that. <laughs> I do too. Because there are so many people out there, and the political world is full of them. They are chicken shit, and they are more than happy to drag down anybody that wants to better themselves or better their community or better this country. Anybody that starts their own business Everybody that goes back to get more training on what they do, there's always those people that want to point out to you everything that you are doing wrong and why you shouldn't do it. And then what's even worse is the people that go out, and today it's harder than ever to start a business and to get that thing to go and keep it going. And a lot of businesses fail. And you know what? There's always those people when it does fail. Well, I could have told you that was going to happen. Oh, you shouldn't have done that. You know what? Fuck them. Because well, I would 10 times rather fail, and I have failed, than to just go through life wondering what could be. So yeah. my two cents on, my two cents, my dollar fifty on <laughs> this election is that I guess it's up to us. I guess it's up to us. It's not up to these politicians because they're not going to get it done. It's up to every one of us. Start at the bottom. We're going to have to do it from the ground up, our own communities, ourselves. Ourselves. Set the fucking standard. Seek discomfort. Learn some shit. 
be the man in the fucking arena. Well, just try to better, you know, you got to, you got to, you got to tread and strive for triumph because it is the most, it it's satisfying. It sucks when you, you, we all know that feeling of doing something long enough where you're failing at it and you don't know shit and then you learn and you learn and you learn and you eventually succeed. That's what fucking life is about. That is the best feeling in the fucking world is learning, learning, failing, 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 learning, 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 and then succeeding. Crush it. Crushing it. And yeah, there's always people that are going to tell you no matter what it is that you're doing, whether you're learning a new skill, whether you're seeking a new venture, whether you're trying to get that promotion and go an extra in your bit in your company, they're always going to say, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that extra shit? Oh, you don't need to be doing that. Why are you spending your weekends... If you're wanting to become a mechanic part-time or learn more shit about trucks, why are you spending the weekends and not coming out to the bar with us and you're working on your truck? Fuck you. I'm trying to learn something. Yep. There's always going to be people hating on you, but it's better to be in the fucking arena because it's the most satisfying and rewarding thing. Damn. And that's, that's what part good. of, that's what life is about. What do you got there? Well, I don't know what I got. I, I think I got some Elmer T. Lee single barrel. Yes. So, uh, this, this talk, is inspiring and so it's inspiring us to have a drink and speaking of community so this is a good example of community because i was in a local uh establishment that will remain nameless because i don't think that i mean i don't think they care but at the same time maybe they would so anyway a guy a friend of ours a friend of the show a listener a watcher a listener uh loyal loyal guy loyal, loyal subscriber loyal listener came up to me, I don't know, a uh, couple months ago and told me how much he enjoyed the show, but that he really liked the the little whiskey samples that we do. And he happens to uh, run an establishment that they get some bottles once in a while that are allocated. Anyway, I was walking through his store one day and he, and he tapped me on the shoulder and he showed me this bottle and he said, hey, if you want one of these, I'll hook you up. And I was like... Heck yes. So uh, shout out to uh, Dave. Yeah, shout out to you, Dave. We won't say your last name because we're going to keep you anonymous. Yes, but shout right. out to you. You know you. We know you know. Thanks for hooking us <laughs> up. We, we don't want anybody else digging in on our, on our whiskey source. Yeah. But anyway, this is Elmer T. Lee, and it is uh, single barrel sour mash. And I have not sampled it. I have not either. But I've heard good things. And so uh, I will say... Cheers. Don't be a timid soul. Don't be a timid soul, and cheers to being the man in the fucking arena. Get your ass in the arena and stay there. Oh. <clears throat> yeah, that's good. That's good. Smooth. That is really smooth. There is no burn on that at all. Shouldn't be. At all. No burn on that. We might have to close this out. And uh, I don't really... I might have to sample that again. Really? Yeah. Uh, we might have to just uh, tell everybody to pay the fee, and then we oh, might have to pour it We might just have to finish that bottle. Well, we won't finish the bottle, but we might have to have one more snort of it. Anyway. Yeah, I think I think we could definitely do another glass for sure. I'm down. I think so. So we'll have to just let everybody go then. So thanks, Dave. Yeah, shout out to you, Dave. We really appreciate it, and I'm glad that somebody enjoys our whiskey segments. I think I think majority of you do. Uh, put your whiskeys down below that you want us to try because we're open. We, we'll buy some more bottles and try them on the show for you. But, yeah, that was damn good. I recommend that for sure. It's like you said. Uh, I don't know when you said it, but is there any whiskey that we try on this show that is bad? Well, no, I, mean, I, I think I said if I think it's going to be shitty, I probably won't try. I probably won't buy a bottle anyway. Yeah. But we've been really lucky in that the people that have given us bottles or recommended bottles, it's all pretty good stuff. Um, and, and you know what the thing, the beautiful thing about whiskey really is that everybody's different and what they like is different. Um, and so it's really hard. It's so subjective at the end of the day. Um, what I like about whiskey is it's like a celebration of a moment. Like, I don't drink, well, I guess it depends. If you sit down at the bar and you just tell somebody, bring me a shot and just keep them coming because, you know, something has really gone bad, 
that's one thing. But, you know, there's nothing I like better than sitting down after a nice meal with family or friends and having the same kind of conversations that we have right here with you. We love having good conversations, deep conversations with people. And you know what? If you can do it in a, in a, a great venue uh, with a good whiskey in your hand, it's all the better. It is. It so. does make things better. It is kind of a moment. And it's always a moment when we hop up on these mics. Oh, I love it. I love it, too. Yeah. And I think you guys do. So you do, too. So we appreciate everybody that watched, or watched or listened. Um, be the man in the arena. Harden yourself because times are, times are coming. Times are coming. So uh, we appreciate every single one of you that, that have been tuning in. Continue to pay the fee. Uh, buy some Barn Talk merch if you guys want. Show notes. Link in the description on YouTube. Submit your questions at barntalkshow at gmail.com for our Barn Talk Q&A episodes. Um, and we'll see you guys back here next week for another episode. <laughs>